You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 74 called Gamification, Green Screening, and Content Creation. In this episode, we'll talk about some highlights from 2020 and the EdTech that continues to inspire us. We'll also introduce some new tools and how we're going to use them in the new year. Finally, we'll give a sneak peek at what we're looking forward to in 2021. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. So we're wrapping up. We almost have three quarters of episodes in the bag. So we're getting close to our 75th, I guess our next one, which will be the one right before the new year. Uh, That's going to be uh, our 75th. And before we know it, we'll probably be at the uh, century mark. Yeah, man. 75 is getting up there. That'll almost be, I mean, what I'm trying to think when the three year mark will be. So 26 weeks in a year, right? So what's three years? I'm terrible. It's going to. It's going to be March. Okay, March, March will be three years. Uh, yeah. I can't believe it's been three years. I mean, I feel like we just started doing it. And we're learning so much as we go. It's it's quite amazing. Yeah. So let's just get right into today's episode. Uh, we want to wrap up 2020. And really, I mean, 2020 is always going to be something that's remembered. It's going to be the year of COVID and how it's shifted our lives. I know for us, we actually had a lot of... Uh, consulting that we were going to do over this past summer. We had 10 or 11 gigs uh, lined up and we were very excited about it because, you know, it was the most that we've ever had planned out at one time. And and really, it's just what we love to do. We love to go in places and uh, meet new people and try to pass on some skills that they'll be able to use in their classroom. So yeah, that was a huge bummer. But we had the ability to, you know, take on a lot of remote roles during this time period. So it wasn't all bad. It's been a crazy year, but there's just been a lot of great ed tech development that has come from this. When we think of our teachers that we work with, they're all getting better with tech integration and using tech tools. We're getting a little bit more creative and a little bit more intentional on how we're teaching and why we're teaching and some of the stuff that we're we've been doing. Yeah, I didn't we didn't really plan on getting into that, but I have to You just made me think of it. And what a great point, man, about being intentional about what you're doing every single day because your time, now that we're trying to do everything on the computer, your time is more valuable than ever. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to do what I, what took me maybe 60 minutes or 90 minutes in class last year. And now that I have 45 minutes, how do I accomplish the same thing? And and I haven't thought about it as being more intentional, but that's the key word. We're just, uh, it's like the, the focus is increased. And I think it's just impressive what we've been able to do. Not only, you know, got teched and still getting ourselves out there in a lot of different ways, but uh, just, you know, in a broader sense as teachers and educators, it's been, it's been really cool to see. So great point there. I mean, going along with that a little bit more, we have, as teachers, we have changed, we've shifted the way that we approach teaching, especially in this remote space. So I see a lot more um, teachers assigning these content creation projects that we've been talking about over the last couple of uh, months. And uh, I, I just see that students are really pushing out quality content and we're not trying to cram 
Uh, I'll use a Doug Brower ism here. He was my, uh, he just retired. He was one of my bosses. Uh, he always said, we always try to put 10 pounds of potatoes in a five pound bag. And that's really what I feel sometimes we do when we, you know, when we make sure we get a certain number of projects in every unit, we make sure that we test a certain number of times in a quarter instead of allowing students to really prove what they know through the creation of these quality content projects. So so where where have we been over the last over the course of 2020? We had the ability to do a lot of remote things, such as uh, the Tackling Tech podcast, uh, which is uh, sponsored by Dino. We've been on that a couple times. Uh, their YouTube channel, those types of things. We've done a flip flop type episode with them, where we talked about flip flops and our our little side project with uh, you know Kyle Nemus talking about all the ways that we screwed up when we were implementing flip, <laughs> uh, the flip classroom into uh, everyday practice. Yeah, it's allowed us to also build out our own YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, head to YouTube and just search for Got Teched. You'll see uh, we have tons of videos and, and we're trying to be as, as good as we can about always posting new things when we find them in a much more sort of short format for you guys to get and with the with the visual behind it too of not only hearing us explain some of these tools, but but seeing how they work to get a, a better sense in a much quicker, much quicker way. Also, just, you know, I think it was the Department of Education for New Jersey. They brought us on for a special segment or a special uh, PD recording that you can find on uh, on that website and some other conferences too. Like oddly enough, the art educators of New Jersey pulled us in. I, I guess it's not that odd because we do a fair amount of, like you said, content creation type things. So all of those have been great. And I know you're a little bit better about getting out into some podcasts uh, yourself. Haven't you done some of those uh, as well? Yeah, I've been on with uh, Jeff Bradbury and asked the the tech coach a couple of times. Uh, really, I think just building that strong connection with a lot of the edu podcasters out there is pretty awesome because it, it gives us all the opportunity to grow with one another. I mean, a lot of people, we have an audience and uh, we like to throw shout outs to you know, other podcasts, because we don't see it as competition. We see it as making everyone better together and growing together, which I think is a huge um, testament, not only to some of the edu podcasters out there, but just the relationships that we have behind the scenes. Uh, I will say this, during these challenging times with remote and virtual and hybrid uh, teaching, we've all been talking. I mean, everyone, every podcaster that I've talked to is very happy to share their little secrets and their little tips of the trade. And we kind of pass them out to our audience and, and we make sure that we give credit where credit is due. I will say one of my favorite things that we've done recently is that crossover episode with uh, Scott Noons in the TNT EdTech podcast. I think that episode is being well received. And a lot of people, a lot of feedback that we're getting is that it was just jam packed. It took them a while to unpack what was in that episode, which I think is just a compliment to uh, uh, Scott's knowledge and and how well we kind of it's not like we sat down and planned out that episode for three months uh, we literally got together that day and we gave each other five topics and that, that's the stuff that we were really passionate about that we knew a lot of, about and we really threw that out there so even though 2020 has been tough it hasn't been all bad You can follow Got Teched outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at WeGotTeched. 
so let's actually use that as the start to our, our second segment, which is sort of like I'm realizing a, a tradition for us. And again, kind of weird that we've been doing this long enough to be developing some traditions. But one of those for sure is, you know, the end of each year, uh, sort of recapping the, the prior year, but just generally talking about what's inspired us, what we want to take a closer look at, especially as we go into winter break, sort of that recharge time, you know, to go home, put down some, uh, put down the computer screen this year, uh, but also to, to start planning and thinking about what do I want to do uh, to begin what what almost feels like the second half of the year. I know it's not quite halfway, but let's let's get into some of that stuff. And I'll start off because this first one I kind of picked out and, and you mentioned it briefly already. But man, one thing I'm going to be looking at over break for sure is trying to bring more game development and gamification into my classes. That, that episode with Scott Noons, the crossover with TNT EdTech Podcast. Man, what a great one. If anybody hasn't checked it out yet, it's episode 72. Uh, if you're a listener to Scott's show, you can also listen to it on on his feed as well. I'm not sure which episode number it is for him, but so much cool stuff. In, in particular, uh, you know, that gamification aspect. I know one of the things he brought up was the, I think it was the Hunger Games style game that he does in his class and in the physical challenges. And it caught my attention because I always do a couple physical challenges too as part of the uh, amazing race game that I run in my AP chemistry class. And it just really made me want to explore that a lot more. So I know that's one thing I'm going to be doing is, is maybe taking a day over break to just look at my amazing race game, which we run off of uh, uh, Google sites where each website has like a, it's like a different country theme and the kids have to learn something, complete a challenge. And then that leads them to the next Google site with the next challenge, of course, built off of the amazing race game. But just some of the stuff that Scott talked about really got the old juices flowing. And I said, man, I have to build in some of these things uh, to my own stuff. So for me, that's going to be a big one over break. Yeah, I mean, that was probably my favorite part of that episode was talking to Scott about how he gamifies his classroom. Because I mean, just hearing some of his ideas that really got my wheels turning a little bit. I mean, just hearing you talk about it right there, you said physical challenge. I'm all, all of a sudden thinking double there. <laughs> the old Nickelodeon thing. Can we can we build these uh, team challenges, like these team building challenges and, and mix it with content and get the best of both worlds there? That's what I'm kind of thinking about right there. So as we start the second semester and maybe we have a new class that that we want to start up there. Is this a team building slash content building way of us to gamify our classroom? I think it's pretty awesome. But as far as gamification goes, I'm still making some digital escape the rooms and I want to make some physical escape the rooms. I just don't know when they'll be used. But I just found this, uh, this ed tech tool. It's been around for probably a little while, but it's new to me. It's called Snotes dot com s n o t e s dot com and what it allows you to do is it allows you to take three or four lines of text and it jumbles it into a little ball and i know i'm going to probably explain this absolutely horrifically but picture a 3d ball a yarn ball online and you have these two sliders one that allows it to flip vertically and one that allows it to flip horizontally and as you move it these the text from those four lines start to appear and when you move it certain ways each line shows up and you can only read one line at a time but i'm wondering if i could use that to gamify something maybe it's a starter clue because it's not that hard but if i put the clues to a crossword puzzle in there which gives me a secret clue at the end 
you know, I could see a way that that could be useful. So I want to try to play around with that a little bit. Yeah, it reminded me right away when we saw it uh, of the the red reveal codes that you used to put together. And if you're if you have, haven't heard us talk about them before, this kind of grew out of the the physical version of this is the red cellophane, and you kind of slide the the red cellophane plastic sheet over this printed image, and it cancels out essentially I think the red color, and it lets shine through the other color, maybe green or something that's printed. Essentially, you can see a code word uh, with, only when looking through the red cellophane, and you can mimic that by sort of like a see-through, I guess it's just a shape block, right? And do you do this in uh, Google Drawings, I believe? Um, it's been a while since we've talked about it, but you slide this red shape up in Google Drawings, and it cancels out some of the colors and, and lets this code word shine through. It sort of reminded me of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I could put our template to the red reveal into the show notes and uh you know people can play around with it it's pretty cool because uh even if we would show this on the computer and this is the tough thing i've tried to do a how-to video on this but you can't actually see it on my screen when i do the the red reveal because you have to tilt your screen a little bit too and it will make that word show up but we'll put the uh, red reveal template uh in the show notes so you can play around with that we'll also have uh the link to snotes.com as well yeah, so that's a cool one. And just all these different like code breaking challenges, even just as like like a one-off thing that you can do just for a quick 15, 20 minutes in class. What an engaging thing. So it's definitely, like I said, something I want to put more energy into and I'll start looking at over our winter break here. And, and something else that's um, we're going to pull out of that episode too, or a recent episode is called Blook It. Um, I think you talked about it, but Blook It is just a really cool new, well, it's new to us. I don't know if it's new in general, but it's just a way to gamify your lessons. You can you can head there. It's bookit.com and choose a question set. You can type in your own questions, whatever you want to do. My favorite part about it is all the different almost modes, uh, types of games that they have. So you can just choose so many different things. And then, you know, you get this a classroom code and, and you share it out with your kids and they join it and they play. And it's just like this really cool, fun, new thing. I know there's there's so many of these games out there. Uh, but that's kind of good, right? Because if you're if you've done too many cahoots or Gimkit is getting a little bit old, you switch them over to Blookit for a while, and you may even find some stuff here that you you can't do with those other ones. So I'm I'm excited to give that a second look too. Yeah, a lot of people are using Blookit as the replacement to Gimkit because Gimkit is now charging money, which to be honest, they should. It's a great product, and they yeah. were allowing people to use it for so long for very little. But you know, it costs money to to create these ed tech tools it's the programming fees and things like that the building it out so i'm very happy for for gimkit uh, i think it is a quality service that you know really deserves the price that they're asking i think it's reasonable but for those districts that can't afford or the teachers that don't want to spend money out of pocket, I think a book it is definitely something that they can look at. So let's hop in to another one. In episode 71, we talked about having students be content creators. And we said that we were going to challenge ourselves to kind of make this a reality in our classrooms, in our school and everything. So there's going to be an episode that we talk about a little bit later about uh, student content development, but we're actually following through on something that we wanted to challenge ourselves on. And that's the creation of a digital hub uh, within our school where students will be the content creators of that 
website. So we're going to allow them to publish podcasts that will be on iTunes and some of the major players. We're going to allow them to, uh, you know, run free with the blog posts and displaying their artwork, their poems, um, the the newspaper, some mag- digital magazines and things like that. And, you know, I'm pretty excited about this. I mean, we've been kind of planning this for a while and 2020 did get in the way a little bit because we also made a course that would help support this where students would be the whole uh, object or the whole uh, purpose, I should say, of this course is to teach them how to be content creators, how to create a brand, how to push their own content out and to give them those uh, real world skills that they'll need when they get out to the workforce. Yeah. So I think probably as that becomes a reality, you guys will be hearing a lot more about it from us. I'm sure we'll devote at at least an episode, maybe more, definitely uh, pushing out some sort of a guide on how to do this, which is, you know, building literally a class in your, in your school. That's all built around sort of like modern content creation, teaching kids how do you start a podcast? How do you start a website? How do you tie that in with their social media and their branding and their YouTube account? And then how does that link to um, you know their Instagram and their Facebook and their Twitter? And should they have TikTok or should they not as, as part of that? And just all these things. And it's sort of like the most lifelike realistic version of that. And we're sort of we're sort of just dipping our toes in the water here, but I'm super excited to really get that rolling this coming year and to, and to learn more about it so then we can share it with with everybody. And and one of my favorite things, and I didn't even realize this, but is the idea of like a class podcast. And and you've actually started it with your AP biologies. I'm excited once we come back in in the you know the the late winter, early spring to get my AP chemistry kids doing the same thing and actually putting them in groups and having them record like an AP chemistry podcast that I can just sort of keep posting to from year to year as a as a repository of student generated audio content. I just think it's going to be going to be really cool. And I think you've had a pretty good experience with that so far. Yeah, I mean, we've done two units so far. So I have uh, 16 students in my class and each unit, uh, I break the unit down into 16 smaller topics. And I tell them that they should shoot for four to five minutes for their episode. And most of them are between five and 12 minutes. So they actually go a little bit beyond what I asked them to, but they realize that if they know their stuff, I mean, by the time they introduce it, provide any type of definitions or anything like that, provide an example, talk about some data behind it, and then do a recap of how it fits into the overall course, the bigger picture. I mean, they have like 10 minutes of of content there and they're doing fantastic with it. I mean, they they really, I thought I would get a little bit of pushback from this, but really they do it. And I think it looks, it sounds like they're enjoying it. The last unit, I challenged them to have some type of a sign-off tagline, like go get your pet spayed or neutered, you know, something <laughs> like that. That was the example I used. And, uh, you know, a lot of them came up with some really uh, clever, you know, and sign-off taglines. They made me laugh, some of them. The other ones were just straight by the book, but they were still good. Yeah. That's the, that's always my favorite part of all this stuff is seeing it's always, it, it's like incredible what the kids can come up with. And you're like, man, I didn't even think of it that way, but what a, what a great product. So that's, that's awesome. And I'm pumped to start doing that myself. Let's move into something else that I've been thinking a lot about. And we've, we've almost been harping on this, but just that idea of keeping your students engaged. Of course, the, the Zoom world or the Google Meet world, let's just say the, the virtual meeting world that we're all living in. And especially now in our classrooms, 
problems we're all dealing with. We've talked so much about it, uh, but I really want to start paying more attention to keeping my kids engaged and not, you know, not just talking at the screen because you're trying to cram all this information into the shorter class periods that we have or or whatever it is. And I, I believe it was episode 66 that we really explored this, but just, just that idea of engagement. So, you know, an old tool that we used to bring up a lot more, and I'm giving a second look now is edgy. Um, it's like an annotation tool where you throw up a, a document, a PDF, and the kids can sort of highlight different areas and, and see in real time where everybody is highlighting uh, to get a sense of the areas of that written work that's drawing the most attention and some of the opinions and comments about that. It's like a like a live active discussion board space. I, I haven't used it yet this year over Zoom, but it's it's perfect for it. And I want to start doing that. Jamboard, what a great tool that's been a savior. I started, you know, just to get my kids feeling like they had a role in the class and they weren't just sitting there listening, just just picking a kid, sharing that Jamboard to them. I should also say that our kids are on Chromebooks, so we can't, you know, in Zoom, at least they can't use that annotation tool. It just doesn't work on Chromebooks. But, you know, I'll, I'll send a Jamboard out to Josh and I'll say, okay, Josh, on this Jamboard, can you walk us through how you would solve problem three? And then I share my screen and everybody's watching Josh work just as if we did have those annotation tools and that it's really opened things up and made the kids feel like they have more of a voice and they're a part of the lesson, just like if they were in class and coming up to the whiteboard or working in small groups. So just lots of little things like that, that we can actually do in our Zoom classrooms to make them hit that hit that mark for engagement. Yeah, I mean, we, we have talked about this for a while, but I think it's super relevant and we're still doing a lot of great things with them. Um, I will say one thing that going along with the interaction in, uh, you know, when we're working with Google Slides and, and Jamboards and things like that, there are some neat extensions that are coming out that will support that. Uh, for example, if you're using Google Slides, there's an extension, it's called Full Screen Interactive Google Slides. Right? And this was actually introduced to us by one of our colleagues, uh, Jeff Loesch, who was also a guest on the show. Someone at his wife's uh, workplace developed this extension. And what it does is it allows your Google slide presentation to be full screen, but it still gives you the ability to move things around and edit that screen. I mean, that is huge because every time we share our screen in Zoom or Google Meet, really, uh, you know, that pre presentation screen gets smaller. Um, and if we want to edit or manipulate that slide in any way, we have to go out in, you know, the editing mode, which even makes it even smaller. So what this extension does is it shrinks the preview screen on the, uh, on the left. It makes it not even there and it blows up the actual uh, portion of the screen that we want our students to see. And it allows you to manipulate the slide. So if you had, um, if you're in a first, second, third grade, somewhere in there and they're working with coins, and you put copies of nickels, dimes, pennies, quarters, all that stuff on the right side, and you ask the student to drag the uh, number of coins over, all right, or if you're going to drag the number of coins over to make proper change, you can do that. So if it was 27 cents, you could drag over a quarter and two pennies a while presenting to your students. So I think that this extension is something that's going to catch on like wildfire. That sounds really great, too. I haven't uh, tested it, so I'm not sure if this would work. But using that special presentation mode while recording a screencast, 
you know, one of the limitations of recording a screencast with your normal full screen presentation and slides is just that you can't move anything around. But now with this, you can have that almost full screen. I know it's not perfect, but basically full screen uh, Google slides showing, but now you can interact with it and move stuff around. What a great way to to generate some super cool, super cool videos. I'll close this out too, talking about, you know, Zoom engagement, just by referencing two of my favorite things we've talked about just in the most recent episode, classroomscreen.com and classflow.com. I actually started using these today. They live up to the hype that I put on them, especially classroomscreen.com. In that episode, just a, a place to put everything you'd want to do, whether it's timers, random name generators, uh, QR code generators to push out digital worksheets to your kids all in one place. Super easy. We don't have to go uh, spend a lot of time explaining those again. You can check out episode 73 if you want. But man, what a what a difference that made for my my class just earlier today. So I definitely would recommend those to people for a second time. Yeah, I actually used Classflow to run a professional development the other day. So uh, I would go over a couple tools uh, ed tech tools that uh, staff members can use. And then as I was transitioning into the next activity that we had to do, I just kicked out one of those games that you could throw out to, to staff. It was just a holiday, like solve these puns uh, type of uh, thing. I pushed it out. They did it. It was awesome. Loved it. All right. So let's get into another subject that we have really kind of grasped onto over the last like month or two green screening with we video that's what we use to green screen but this was episode 57 with jen lieben and jen is fantastic with we video uh bruce freischer he's another one that's fantastic with we video uh erica sandstrom is another one that we've kind of met through our edge of mentor chat who's also fantastic. There are a lot of great educators out there that are willing to share their work. Darren White is another one. Stephanie Howe, who was on the podcast. All of these people work with uh, We Video a lot and kind of ties into our uh, One Minute Film Festival that we've been working on with our students and we bring those in. But just the ability to use We Video for so many things and also to use them we videos are PowerPoint backgrounds when we do presentations and things like that. Green screening, I think, is especially with how easy it's it's becoming to use, I think is going to be a game changer in 2021. Yep, I agree with you. And, you know, there's lots of ways you can go about doing this. I always pictured green screening would be like some cool, fancy thing you had to be in a studio for and have all this expensive equipment. You don't need any of that. You, you literally just need your your laptop or your phone even. And, and there's so many tools today that are just free that'll that'll do it for you. I mean, we video we video is probably the easiest one to use. You pop your video in there and, and select the color you want it to chop out and throw in any background you want. It's it's it couldn't be simpler. And then the, this is something you shared that I just thought was great. And I, there, I know there's some limitations with it we found, but if you've got a PowerPoint, you can actually make that PowerPoint your Zoom virtual background and, and record yourself there. So this could be in a meeting, right? You've got your class and you can have your image with your PowerPoint slide behind you or some I've actually used it just as a recording tool. So like a screencasting tool. So I'll go into a Zoom meeting by myself and then make a PowerPoint presentation with, uh, you know, my, my face in front of it. And it's actually one of the higher quality green screen looks that you can get. It doesn't work super great if your PowerPoint has all kinds of animations in it, but if it's a real simple slide with just like an image and some text, 
What a what an awesome way to to do that. I think I don't know if you did this, but I made my our back to school night this year, which was of course virtual. I made my back to school night presentation for parents this way, and I I think it came out super awesome. So there's lots of great ways to do this. I, I really love the green screen look, and and I love how easy it is to use. And I think the biggest benefit of the green screen is. The students love it. They buy into it so quickly. Once they realized how easy it was to use, now what they want to do is make videos in the classroom. So I think that's pretty awesome. So I guess this brings us into kind of where we're going from here. What do we have to look forward to in 2021? And I know a lot of us are very happy that 2020 is is kind of come and gone. Uh, but, you know, one thing that I'm looking forward to in 2021, and I think we're getting there, is a vaccine. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. But I mean, what else? <laughs> That's like probably the biggest thing we're all looking forward to. I know just right now we're recording this on a Friday and I'm going a little bit stir crazy because we've been home and I feel like we can't really go out to eat anywhere because it's cold. It's going to be rainy and I just can't get out of my house. So I can't wait for that vaccine to get here fast enough, man. I don't know how you feel, but that's where I'm at with the whole thing. Well, I was talking to my wife a little bit about this the other day and, you know, she's been pregnant or nursing for the better part of the last uh, decade. I mean, we've had three kids in, in the teens, you know, in the in the 20 teens. And uh, so we were looking forward to going on vacation, like an all-inclusive somewhere. And we had to cancel it like three times. We bumped it back like three times and then finally we just canceled it. And we're making do, but, you know, I'm kind of ready to get away for a couple of days without the kids. Just a long weekend somewhere would be fantastic and uh, kind of celebrate the, the, the milestones that uh, my wife and I kind of gone with uh, growing a family and things like that. Yeah, it's 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 coming. I think you'll get your chance soon, hopefully. And I, I hope this isn't revealing too much, but it's always this is something about uh, Geis and his life that always kind of impressed me is that you got you got you think you got married, bought your house and then started having kids and really haven't stopped having kids all, <laughs> all in like this insanely intensely crushed time period. So I think more than anyone else, you deserve to to take a break and get away for a little bit for sure. I appreciate that. We got married in, in uh, you know, seven, we just celebrated our seven year anniversary and we had three kids, three boys since then. And, you know, we kind of bought a house and planned our wedding at the same time. We never do anything the easy way. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So that's, that's a big one. And, and, you know, I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the, on the podcast, but my wife and I are expecting our first child. So we're a little bit behind you, but the first one's coming up. She's about eight and a half months right now, maybe even a little bit more than that. So sometime in the next, uh, Two weeks, the the immediate GodTech family is going to get a little bit bigger by one person. So we're going to have a, a little girl. And that's kind of what's on the forefront of my mind right now. Actually, that's why we're recording this podcast a little bit earlier than we normally would in preparation for maybe me not being as available for that. So I'm I'm super pumped. And, and you've given me lots of great advice for, for the upcoming, what it's like to have a, a new baby around in the house too. Well, I can't. I can't wait for our next uh, recording because we're definitely going to do it on video. <laughs> I think we should do it live, to be perfectly honest. And uh, I'm going to see if, like Nick is going right now. He's pretty 
spry. He's sitting up straight. He has lots of energy. And I can't wait to see, you know, his three uh, cups of coffee or maybe his espresso shooters next to him as we record our next one, because sleep is a blessing, my friend. It's a privilege, not a right, especially when you have kids. You mean I'm not going to get my full eight and a half hours anymore? No, that's done. <laughs> that's done. And you're you're now going to realize why I look the way that I do. All so. right. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I got that to look forward to. And then, you know, just getting back to some more of the Got Tech universe stuff or at least the EdTech universe stuff. We are we do plan on starting a new podcast which I'm not sure if we should mention it but I'm going to I'm going to do it anyway cuz I'm pretty sure it's going to go down. We've mentioned before uh, um, one of our side projects is a company called Treefish EDU sort of like the business consulting arm of Got Tech you could say with our buddy uh, co-creator of Classroom Q that's Kyle Nemus and you know we started this company in this 2020 world where we can't really do what we wanted to do, which is go, you know, hire, get hired by people and, and as consultants and go help them implement technology in their schools. So we've been creating digital content and we're, I think we're going to turn it into a podcast, right? Isn't that the plan as of now? Yeah, I think that's something that we've been talking about and that we really want to do. I mean, for, for me, at least podcasting is kind of my, I don't know, that's where I feel relaxed. It's how I decompress after a long week. I, I like to go on to podcasts um, and I like to listen to podcasts and things like that. So it's it's become a big part of my life for sure. And I just think that between, you know, Kyle, yourself and me, we, we, we have a lot to share in certain aspects of teaching that might be beneficial for, you know, other educators to hear. So I'm very excited about that as well. I'm glad that you mentioned it. But I think uh, everyone, uh, we, we hope that you have a safe holiday season. You enjoy the beginning of winter and we wish you well as we head into 2021. But uh just so you know, we did throw out a, a teacher's guide to remote and hybrid learning uh, that's on the website, but we'll also put that in the show notes. It's been, uh, we've been hearing a lot of good feedback about it. We keep adding to it, but that'd be there. If you like what you're hearing, and I know that this this episode was a little uh, non-traditional for us, but if you like what you're hearing, go on. Go on to uh, gottech.com, check out what we have there. You can subscribe to us. But the biggest thing is one of the best gifts that you could give an educator for the holidays is, you know, the gift of knowledge. Share our podcast with them. See if, you know, if they like what, what you, you like. And we appreciate that everyone listens and that we're, we're building up this PLN. And uh, we hope you feel apart and connected with our PLN as we talk with a lot of you on Twitter and some of the social medias. But check out our YouTube channel. And best of all, just, just have a great rest of your year. And uh, we hope to see you in 2021. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geis and I individually at Geis Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.